Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunadian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhousers in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly, alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season 2 of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. Welcome back to another enlightening episode of the Shine Within podcast. Today, we are thrilled to introduce our guest, Carly Burns, a holistic mental wellness coach who has transformed her life by overcoming anxiety, depression, and bipolar disorder. Carly's journey is a testament to the power of self-love, natural healing, and holistic practices. As a yoga teacher, Reiki and sound healer, and a seasoned traveler, Carly brings a wealth of experience and a unique perspective to mental wellness. In this episode, Carly shares her inspiring story from her struggles in adolescence to her awakening at 19 and her commitment to a path of natural healing. She delves into the importance of loving oneself and offers practical strategies for those embarking on their own mental wellness journey. Get ready to be moved and motivated as she guides us through the transformative power of holistic healing and the journey to self-discovery and self-love. Let's dive into this life-changing conversation with Carly Burns. That's so awesome, Carly. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being on my show today. Thanks so much for having me, Gina. It's a pleasure. Of course. And I just wanted to go ahead and first just start by you sharing your personal journey of healing from anxiety, depression, and bipolar disorder. Yeah, of course. So this is something I love to talk about because I feel it's not a lot of times our society is not open enough about when we're facing darkness and what that actually looks like and feels like and how much that can 
take over our lives. So I grew up undiagnosed with anxiety, depression, and bipolar disorder. I experienced plans to take my own life when I was 12 years old. I experienced disordered eating and substance abuse from the age of 14 for years to come after that. And I really feel that my, my childhood and adolescence and the early years of my life were crippled by the fact that we were not aware of mental health. They were crippled by my own mind and my unknowing how to heal. So fast forward to when I was 19 and experienced my first and only episode of mania and received my diagnosis of bipolar disorder, my whole world shifted because I had gone from really fearing the capabilities of my mind. I was really afraid of this idea that I might have bipolar because my dad had been diagnosed two years before I did. And my association with what that disorder meant was someone who was very angry and had temper tantrums. And, you know, my dad and I had a really negative relationship back then. So I did not want to associate, you know, my own mind with what I witnessed in him. And when I experienced this diagnosis, it was like this aha moment of this doesn't change who I am. This is, I'm still me. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to become someone who's angry and has temper tantrums and treats people in this way. I can choose how I move forward with this, with this new knowledge of how my mind is working. So I immediately said, I don't want the medication and went on a really deep dive of healing. So Again, I was 19 at the time. I was in the middle of university and what a profound time to have a transformation <laughs> so much going on in your life at that stage. Um, I was just about to go down to New Zealand on exchange. I actually experienced my manic episode two days before my flight, which was very anxiety inducing because I still needed to pack and you know get my life together to go on exchange for a year, but it all worked out and I got down there. I ended up adding psychology as a second major because I was studying biology at the time. That year, I also did my yoga teacher training. I started really prioritizing my sleep and nutrition patterns. I started immersing myself in the outdoors and fell in love with just facing my fears and making myself uncomfortable. And the transformation that I experienced in just one year was absolutely incredible. So from that point on, I was about 20 years old when I knew that my calling on this planet is to guide others towards naturally healing their minds as well, especially after having witnessed my dad go through his journey much later in life. He was in his late 50s, early 60s when he got diagnosed and started getting help, which did involve medication that he needs to take every day. Seeing that and seeing the contrast of my journey, having gone through it so much younger and now having my whole life to practice I know that it's it's my calling to step up and, and serve my community and guide others towards this form of healing. Wow. And so at 19, you decided that was the time that you were just going to change your life completely. That's incredible. <laughs> Mine was like, what, what, 30, like the late 30s. <laughs> so good for you. I mean, honestly, that's amazing. I wish I was able to do that or had the strength to do that. Perhaps I did have the strength because I did it already a little bit, a yeah. li little bit later in life, but that's okay. But what would you say was your turning point in life that led you to go ahead and seek natural healing methods for your mental health? So I think that there were quite a few. Um, one turning point that really comes to mind is when I was 15. And this is when I was struggling with disordered eating. I was really stressed out about 
whatever normal things 15 year old girls are stressed out about, um, you know, school and boys. And, but on top of that, I was, I was using cannabis, overusing cannabis as a, a way to numb my anxiety. I was really struggling with my body image and just trying to always trying to be a little bit skinnier, even though I was already unhealthily thin. Um, so I was going through all of this and I went on a juice cleanse with my dad actually down to Costa Rica. I was working at this amazing um, raw vegan cafe and my boss, uh, the owner of the cafe was organizing this juice cleanse. So we got to go, which was just an amazing experience. And we all got, while we were there, a one-on-one, it was supposed to be a nutritionist session with my boss who was a nutritionist, but she asked about stress. And it was perhaps the first time in my life, because I had never been to a therapist or anything like that, the first time in my life that somebody really sat down with me and asked me, like, how are you doing? And I just broke down and was, you know, beside myself, um, talking about all these things, you know, my relationship with my dad and whoever I liked at school and whatever was going on for me. And the way that she held the space and the way that she really saw into me and made me feel worthy of her attention, of her love, of her time was so pivotal for me because I was like, wow, if you're taking the time to really tell me you care about me, I must be worth something. If someone else can see that, maybe I need to work on that for myself. So that was probably the first moment when I was like, okay, I need to start doing some self-work because it's not fun to you know, to hate yourself and feel horrible all the time. So that's where a journey started to kind of begin, that awareness started to kind of begin. Um, but I think I've just never, I've always been much more drawn to the natural ways of things, um, to the ancestral ways of doing things. I've never been a big fan of pharmaceuticals. And I think probably part of that was, you know, working my first ever job and I worked there all through high school was at this raw vegan cafe where it was very, natural focused and you know we had a lot of naturopaths who would come in and eat that food and getting to connect with with that whole world of alternative healing and holistic healing really opened my eyes and I just I've always known that medication wasn't something that I want to rely on I don't want to have to take something every single day to feel okay because I want to be able to just do that for myself Right. Yes. I had taken many medications before in my life and literally had to wean myself off of it because the doctors weren't going to wean it for me. They're just like, here, mm-hmm. here's another, here's another refill, refill, refill. Mm-hmm. I don't need that garbage in my body. And I think I was sharing this in, in, uh, in somebody we know mutually. <laughs> Our podcast, we were just talking about how they don't get to the root cause. And right. of the problem, they're just masking it like a Band-Aid. Just here, just take this to numb the pain for a little bit, but really what's really going on deep within us that we're just hurting, you know, like I was hurting and I knew that the trazodone, the, was what is it called? Lexapro, all those medications were not good for me because I suffered from anxiety and I suffered um, probably from depression as well. And I had suicidal thoughts. I've attempted suicide before. So I was in a mental hospital for three days in an outpatient program for, you know, for several weeks or whatever. And so I get it. And I just remember being in an outpatient program and everybody was like, oh, do you get the, do- not the doctors, the counselors were there. Well, did you take your medication? Mm-hmm. Did you take your medication? Yeah. <laughs> it's like medication, medication, medication. It's like, no. And it was proof right there when we were having a conversation, someone had anxiety. And then one of the counselors was diverting her attention to a different conversation that she was engaging with her saying, 
So tell me a little bit about the trip you're going to be going to, you know, because she had anxiety. So she was a little bit nervous and then she was just sharing and then she noticed her anxiety then go away. I mean, that is automatically without medication. She did that on her <laughs> own <laughs> with her own mind <laughs> thinking about something else. And so it's not like you needed that Ativan right away to like calm you down. She didn't take anything. It was just her yeah. and her mind and herself just you know, her mind was shifted. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. I, and you touched on such a good point about like medication is like a band-aid, you know, and I recognize that for at certain times in people's lives, for certain people, that's absolutely necessary to keep them going, to keep them alive, but it's not going to fix the problem. You need to still look at, you know, holistic view of your life and all these other things that are going on and you know if you're not taking care of your body or getting enough sleep or nutrition or exercise or you don't have great social connections even taking that pill you're not going to feel fulfilled and happy you might feel a little bit less shitty but you're yeah not gonna necessarily feel good totally now can you actually explain the concept of holistic healing in the context of mental health and why you believe that it's effective absolutely so to me, holistic healing essentially means that we're looking at the whole person. So the mind is not something that's just its own little piece of you. It's not separate from your body or your spirit. Your mind and body are so deeply interconnected. So when we look at healing the mind from a holistic standpoint, that also means healing the body. It also means healing our connection to spirit. And like a really tangible example of this is the fact that we have an entire nervous system inside of our gut. It's actually the spot where the majority of our serotonin and dopamine are produced. We need these, these chemicals, these molecules to, to feel good, to feel bliss, to feel contentment. And they're not actually made in our brains. They're made majority in our, in our guts, in our intestines. So that right there is just proof of how interconnected the mind and body are. And you know, when we, when we experience an emotion or yeah, any sort of feeling, there's a physiological component to that. There are literally like chemicals that move through your body, which is why when you feel anxious, your lungs, your breathing starts to increase, your heart rate increases. You might feel like almost pressure on your chest because there's physical changes happening in your body that you're also experiencing in your mind. So when we talk about healing holistically, it's it's not just looking at the one like brain chemistry piece, which is what medication is for. It's looking at how are you showing up in all areas of your life? You know, how is your gut health and how is that affecting your mind? And how are your relationships? And how is your relationship with yourself? How are you speaking to yourself inside of your head? And are you moving your body to get that endorphin boost that we get from exercise every day? And it's it's really breaking down all these components that are so interrelated with each other and so interrelated with our mental health. Yes. And you definitely mentioned exercise and movement. Now, are there any other key practices or strategies you recommend for someone just starting their journey on mental wellness? So the first place that I always recommend starting is to learn to fall in love with yourself and choose to move forward with healing from a place of wanting to improve because you love yourself and not going on, you know, a healing journey that's kind of out of spite. You don't want to be doing this work if it's because you don't like where you are now and you want things to be different. It's like if you're trying to go to the gym, maybe to lose weight because you hate your body, you're not going to enjoy that process. You're not going to get those results very quickly because you're doing it with such a negative mindset. So ultimately it really needs to start with accepting where you are and really making an effort to 
to learn to fall in love with yourself, practice that compassion and move forward from a place of genuinely wanting to heal because you know that you're worthy of healing. Yeah. And how does one love themselves or practice loving themselves? I know for myself, I hated myself. I didn't like myself for so long. And I realized after I got sober from alcohol that and sought a mentor, she showed me things differently. And I was practicing certain things that helped me. Like there's that mirror meditation mm -hmm. where then you're really talking to yourself. Or if you're doing things for yourself, like go and get a massage, pedicure, manicure. Yes, those are nice. But how are you talking to yourself during those times? Self-care is different <laughs> in that way. So what are what do you think are some other uh, strategies that we can use to start loving ourselves or practices? Yeah, self-love is a journey. <laughs> it yeah. takes a long time to, to practice and it's, it's a continual practice as well that you know goes on throughout our lives. Um, something that I find really powerful is to think about the people around you who you love and who you feel inspired by and who you look at and think, wow, I think they're so cool. And, you know, I'd like to be more like them and flip those thoughts onto yourself because nine times out of 10, especially if it's someone who you're close with, one of your good friends, when you're looking at them and saying, wow, they're such an amazing human, they're looking at you and thinking the exact same things. And when we can start to actively voice this, you know, like tell that person that you think they're amazing and see what happens because a lot of the time they're going to reciprocate that and you're going to be able to see yourself from a different perspective. And even if you don't feel comfortable voicing that, just thinking about how other people are actually seeing you. And this can be tricky as well because a lot of the times we place so many judgments on ourselves and, you know, we assume that other people are looking at us with a negative lens, but vast majority of the time that's not the case at all so taking more of an objective stance when someone does something for you thinking about how they must actually feel about you care about you the influence that you're having in their life because every single moment that you've ever been a part of whether you smiled at someone walking down the street or you complimented the grocery clerk on their hair or you had a really deep meaningful relationship with someone Every single interaction would have been different if you weren't there. So just recognizing your significance, and even if that's where it starts, and then you start to notice the ways that you're positively influencing other people, turning that around on yourself and recognizing that you're worthy of love. Yes, and you are worthy of love. <laughs> now, I Absolutely. was, there's this one practice I always told my clients, like, hey, if it's in your mind that you find something attractive on even a, a, a woman or whatever, if they have like, beautiful mm -hmm. earrings or hair is done, just say it to them. Like, if it's in your head, uh, something positive, say it. Why not? What are you going to lose? <laughs> and yeah. then I tell them also, if you're going to take a, if someone's giving you a compliment, don't try to say, like, Oh, and you did it too. You just say, thank you. Yes, and then really, it. and hold, mm -hmm. accept it and hold it in dear to your heart, you know, because that's what people are missing. They're afraid to communicate these things. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always complimenting everybody because I feel it in my heart. If I didn't like what they're wearing, then I won't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if I did, I'm going to say something like, hey, that actually looks really nice on you. You know, that's very flattering. <laughs> you know, and people smile and then the joy that they have, they feel good. And it's like, it's like a domino effect. Once they feel good, then they, yeah. they pass it on to everybody else and they start feeling good and everyone else will start feeling good. And that's the and goal. And you know what's cool? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And you know what's cool is that when someone 
does something nice for someone else, whether it's a compliment or giving a gift or whatever that is, not only does the person who's receiving it feel good, the person who's giving it feels good. And anyone who witnesses that also experiences those good feelings, which is so beautiful because you're, you're really having a positive impact on everyone that's in that interaction, even if they're not directly a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now in your coaching, can you actually share a success story where you actually helped a client and they've, they're now just living life and they're loving themselves so much. And they're just like, yes, thank you so much, Carly, for your help. <laughs> yeah. So I have this really amazing client who's um, finished my program. And when we first started working together, she never took any time for herself. She's a mom. So very much, you know, focused on the kids as, you know, pretty much most mothers are, um, but just never really putting any thought into, you know, what she was eating or her sleep routine or any sort of movement or doing anything for herself. It was always just really focused on the kids. And not long after we started working together, she actually started going to church as something that was, you know, her time that she's setting aside to do something good for herself. So through that, she's developing community and she started to bring in walks every single day. Um, started to, you know, clean up her eating and really tune into um, what her cycle is asking for, you know, intuitive eating along with her cycle, which is something that I work with people with as well. Um, and now it's to the point where she can like drop her kids off at the neighbor's house and go and actually take time for herself and go and do whatever it is that she needs to do, whether that's like yoga or meditation, which was never part of her life before, or it's, you know, focusing on making sure that the meals are planned out for the week so she doesn't have to scramble the day of. And it's it's all of these little things because ultimately this, this form of healing is all about building a lifestyle that's fully conducive to healing. And she's just, you know, she really took it and ran with it and just is, it's so amazing to see where she's at now. And she told me so many times, like, this is the best thing I could have done for myself. Thank you so much. Um, so it's, it's really beautiful to witness those kinds of transformations, even when on the day-to-day -day, it's small, but overall having a look back at her life from then to now, it's, it is a transformation. That's so beautiful. I love seeing people transform and then just seeing them shine. It's like you see them when they first come in and start talking to you, they're probably feeling down, they're looking down, they're not really smiling too much, but then you see them at the end and they're at the end of their program and they're just like, completely different and they're just yeah. so happy and so overjoyed and oh this is such a good feeling helping others I love so thank you for what you do though seriously because I think it's very important that we have more of the holistic approach especially with mental health because like I said I suffered from anxiety before mm -hmm. had to take medication medication didn't do anything made me gain weight I was even hating myself even more because I was gaining weight and no one lady told me it wouldn't that outpatient program because we asked like how come on these medications for depression or sometimes anxiety, we gain weight? And she's like, well, it's because you're happier. You like to eat more. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can you believe that? I will never forget that. I'm like, are you serious? Thinking back, I'm like, oh my goodness. So. <laughs> she's like, I don't have an answer for this one. How can I spin this in a positive way? <laughs> <laughs> we're eating more because we're happier. Okay. Oh, but uh, I know, right. Speaking of eating, I wanted, because you mentioned intuitive eating. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because this is like the second time I've heard about intuitive eating and I'm so fascinated by that. Absolutely. So diet culture in our modern culture is 
it can be so toxic. It can be so restrictive. It's like, you know, I can only eat what's on my diet plan today. And then people end up feeling really guilty if they're trying not to have bread and they have a sandwich and then they start, you know, feeling really down on themselves and feeling like they've failed. So intuitive eating is more about really tuning into what is it that your body is asking for? And also kind of differentiating between like, you know, if I want pizza every single day, that's probably not what my body actually needs. But taking that one step deeper, if I'm craving pizza, maybe it's cheese that I'm craving. Maybe that's because, you know, there's a lot of tryptophan in cheese, which is actually what our body needs to create serotonin. Where else can I get tryptophan? Well, I can get it from Turkey. I can get it from chocolate. There's these other places where these things exist. But that's that's kind of one aspect if you're really diving into trying to switch up your eating patterns. But what I am really focused on is intuitively eating with my cycle. So when you start to tune into your infradium rhythm as a woman, that's our menstrual cycle that we go through every single month, um, when you're in the menstruating years anyways. And we actually need different foods throughout the month. It's like we go through four seasons every month. So, you know, there are certain times in your cycle where you might be like, wow, I really want berries and I want salads and I want all these light things. And it's listening to your body instead of being like, that's weird that I want, you know, a salad in the middle of winter. Like, why, why would I want that? But in your body, it's actually summertime for that short amount of time that you're ovulating. So listen to your body and give yourself that because that food is what's going to fuel exactly what you need right now. And, you know, it's not feeling bad if some days you eat more because you're in your pre-menstrual phase and you need more denser foods, darker red meats and, you know, lentils and pumpkin and rich things because it's, it's your winter and it's okay if you need to eat more and rest more in those days because your body's in sort of like a hibernation. So it's about, you know, being aware of these things and then starting to really tune into and listen to what your body needs. Yes. And that's exactly what I've been doing in recent years too. I've been actually listening to more of my body. If I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat because we were conditioned to eat at a certain time for breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner. That's not the case. Like I'm starting to say, Hey, if I'm not hungry for breakfast, I'm, I'm not going to eat. <laughs> Why? You know, because it, it's the time to eat. No. And then I actually was craving grapes uh, for some reason, because I don't even like grapes that much, but my husband had bought some grapes and they gave us the wrong ones. We get our groceries um, delivered to us. And mm -hmm. then they got us instead of the um, the purple grapes, they were the green grapes, which were sour. But I was tasting them and I'm like, these are actually really good. They were not sour. <laughs> and I enjoyed them. And I was like, mm, maybe I should eat more grapes. And so I did. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. And yeah. that's exactly right. Like doing anything just because society has conditioned us to do that thing is, is just not serving us. You know, it's, it's goes beyond intuitive eating and just tuning into the natural cycles around us, waking with the sun and going to bed when it's dark. And, you know, as humans, we're mammals and in the summer, we don't need as much sleep as we do in the winter. And these things flow and change with the seasons and just as our bodies do. So it's ultimately, you know, we call it intuitive eating, but it's ultimately just tuning back into nature and, you know, tuning into the nature within us and giving ourselves what we really need, no matter what that is in that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what advice would you give to somebody who's currently struggling with mental health issues and they're unaware about where to start in their, in their healing journey? That's such a great question. 
just being aware that you are absolutely capable of healing. You are so worthy of your own self-love, just as you are loved by people around you. And that it's, even though it's hard, it is so, so worth it to, to do the work that it takes to really heal your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you, would, when you work with your clients, do you actually do Reiki on them? And then do you do the sound bath healing as well? Not generally. Um, that's more so Reiki is something that I use mainly for personal use. If I was meeting a client in person, absolutely. Um, but I don't, don't really do distance healings. I just prefer the in-person um, physical uh, feeling of the Reiki. Um, and sound is something I more so do when I'm holding like a cacao ceremony um, workshop, that kind of thing, which again, is kind of like a generally an in-person thing. Um, with my clients, it's generally more so I have a like four month program, like I mentioned called the eight simple steps to naturally heal anxiety. So there's, there's videos and modules and like worksheets, reflections and yoga and meditation classes. So people work through the videos kind of on their own time. And then we have a coaching session and discuss what's going on and how we can tweak things, how we can actually implement these learnings into their life. And then the work really happens when we leave our session and they go and actually implement those things and start to shift their lifestyle towards that. So yeah, I don't do a whole lot of the, um, of the Reiki or sound because I predominantly work online. Yes. And uh, I was going to say, what was I going to say? I had, some, I had a thought in my head and now I forgot it. <laughs> it was related to, eh, it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. <laughs> but it, <laughs> I know it was something cute that I wanted to say too. And I forgot. <laughs> um, but what are your actual thoughts on like future, uh, future mental health treatment and the role of like holistic practices in it? Well, it's absolutely only growing. I think more and more people are waking up and realizing, you know, even people who are on medication saying, okay, well, I've been on this medication for years and I'm still not feeling well. So this obviously wasn't the answer for people that are, you know, trialing 10 different kinds of medication to try and get it right. And, you know, the psychiatrist is like, oh, we should have to try this, this next thing. And maybe that will be the fix. And people are starting to wake up and be like, actually, maybe this isn't what I need. So there's such a rise in holistic healing and there's such a rise in self-development as well. And all of this just really plays into each other. There's also a rise in, you know, reconnecting with nature and tuning back into ancestral skills. And all of these things are a part of the collective healing that, you know, as, as a planet we're currently going through um, because it's, it's so essential at this time where to really, you know, pivotal point in history, I think, where we're either going to keep going on the way we've been going and it's not going to look very good or people will continue waking up and start to holistically heal, not only for themselves, but for the greater world as a whole. So I think it's, it's really only growing. We're still in the beginning stages of where this style of holistic healing is going to go. And I cannot wait for that day. And that's the thing we're trying to, that's why I love doing podcasts is because I'll get guests like yourself and other other ones that just wanted to share exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Natural ways of healing, no medicine, the conditioning, get rid of the TV, all these things that we can just we need to tune into our spirit as well. I think the spirit mm -hmm. aspect is very important. And once you really start to trust yourself, know yourself, love yourself, you will see magic happen. You will absolutely see magic happen. And so thank you again for what you do. It's just 
I know for my journey, it's been amazing having a mentor help me with my mindset, you know, and then of course she was a fitness trainer. So we exercise together, but she's also does yeah. yoga and I was doing those yoga movements. And right now I'm really focusing on my hips and my lower back and getting that because I've always suffered like lower back pain. And I think it's from either the epidural from my first child or multiple car accidents. I'm not sure. And even then, like I was thinking about it just right now. Yeah. Like even giving birth, like we're given all this medication. Like I almost lost my second child because they induced me because they thought he, well, he had just, I had gestational diabetes and they wanted to deliver him earlier than his due date because they thought his head was going to get big. But once they put whatever that hormone inside me, I, I started hemorrhaging and I almost, actually I almost died. Both of us almost died. And so I don't know what they're putting in. <laughs> it's not safe. And so I was thinking, wow, I should have just gone the natural way back then. I was thinking of, but man, these medicines are brutal. Like I've taken so many different kinds and none of them, has, none, nothing has helped me. I really had to go within, well, first off, get sober, go within, find yeah. a mentor, and then really work on my healing journey, mm -hmm. self-love, like I said, and then also just learning more about who I am as a spiritual being, how who everybody else is as a spiritual being, because we're all one, like you said, it's all of that collective consciousness that we have. And then we are going through a shift on earth here. And I just cannot wait for the day where we, it's like a new earth, you know, <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait. I know we're in the early stages, yeah. but that's why we just want to share so much knowledge to everybody and get it out there to the public that, Hey, the world needs you. <laughs> they Absolutely. Need, yeah. And so Again, yeah. So for, for our listeners, where can they find you or if they want to work with you, where, where is your website? Yeah. So my business name is Manas Mastery, M-A-N-A-S Mastery. So my website is just manasmastery.com. I have a free guide you can download that is essentially the first step towards overcoming anxiety, um, which touches on, you know, you mentioned the mirror meditation. That's one of my, one of my exercises that's listed on there as well. Um, and my Instagram is manas.mastery. So those are probably the best places to reach me is my website and my Instagram. Awesome. And those will also be in the show notes, but any last words or thoughts you'd like to share? I think just reiterating on, you know, what we've been talking about this whole time that you are so worthy of healing and it is possible. It's not always easy and it's not always pretty and it's not always fun. It can be hard work, but it is so, so worth it to put in the effort on your healing journey to come out the other side as an empowered and fulfilled and happy individual. Absolutely. And now what, what I was going to say to you earlier came back to me and it was about taking action. Mm. <laughs> uh, take, that taking action is so important. Yes, we can be telling you things and guide you, guiding you, but you know, you're, it's up to you to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, I was going to mention that taking action, like you mentioned, they have to implement the steps and the strategies and the tools that you are providing them yeah. and just doing that. They're going to see their life change completely. Oh, well, thank, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Carly. It's been a pleasure having you on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. 
introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.